You are listening to Innovators Can Laugh with Eric Melcher, where I dive into the interesting and fascinating stories of innovators and startup founders from Europe. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Martinez Bagdanskis, head of sales for Attention Insight, which is a tool that helps predict where people will look next on your website or landing page based on deep learning. Martinez, welcome to the show. How's the weather in Vilnius now? Hi, Eric. Thanks for warm introduction. It's not so warm here in Vilnius. We still have some snow left from, from yesterday's uh, snowstorm. So yeah, um, it, it's chilling, but it's nice. It, it's crisp yeah. chill now. So <laughs> yeah, all good, all good. What about you, you, Eric? To hear you say that you, you? you guys got snow already, it, it makes me think of you know the saying, winter is coming. <laughs> oh yeah, brace yourselves. Like... You, you can imagine, like, all the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter stories around, like, Lithuania, well, just white, all white. Like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Yeah, I know. I, I can see through my window. But people are excited, you know, they're static. They, they want to share that joy. It, it's always, for the first, no, it's always people. Yeah, yeah. and for dads like us, we, uh, you know, we get targeted by uh, the, the kids that are throwing snowballs out there, specifically our kids, because <laughs> that's the first thing my son thinks of is, like, hit daddy with the snowball. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got that. Yes. <laughs> we played a little snowball all right, fight. All right. So, <laughs> so let's, to, to, kick, to kick things off here, you know, I always like to start off by asking some personality questions for my guests. So the first one I want to ask you is, Martinez, does corn belong on pizza? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. I have to go with no, even though I love pineapple and pizza. Corn is my, like, enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no. No corn and pizza. All right. No way. I love corn. Good, good, good. Pizza. All right, all right. We can be friends after this one here. Okay. <laughs> I thought the battle here in Romania was pineapple, and I pretty much lost that battle. So now I'm switching the battle over to corn. I'm like, listen, man, I got to put my foot down somewhere, right? I mean... Come on. You know? <laughs> I'm not sure about the, the pineapple, why why there is such a huge thing. I, Me personally, I never put, when I make my own pizza, and I love cooking, and I don't never put pineapple on a pizza, but if it's on the pizza, fine, I can eat it. It's not a, it's not a crime, it's not a <laughs> sin, you know? <laughs> okay. All right, question number two. What is, what is a song <clears throat> that you have memorized? Uh, I have a terrible memory. I have memory of a fish, so I, I can't... Well, actually, no, there's one Lithuanian song. I'm not going to start singing it. Uh, it's just like Lithuanian song, which uh, which was very famous when I was a teenager. And to this day, when I meet group of people I used to hang out when I was back in school, we all know that song. Uh, we all sing when we have a party. And it's just a kind of inner circle <laughs> joke. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that would be the, the one song that I know to this day pretty much by my heart, like, I, I might need some help with some rhymes, but 99%. Is, I it, from, it, is it from a Lithuanian artist? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, how, how do I see delicately? It's just uh, still a song, uh, you know, out of a bunch of people, a okay. bunch of uh, are you gonna, guys. That's it. Nothing real. Are you going to teach it to your little girl? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That, that's not the kind of song <laughs> you teach your kids. Okay. Okay. <laughs> It's just, they will learn it eventually, I guess. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's okay. It, it's like, it's floating out there. It's not like underground or anything, but 
it's not something okay okay so when she's like eight or nine and she starts singing that song you know you can't really get after it because you know that you were in the you were in the same in the same shoes at once yeah i I guess i guess she should be like 14 plus to actually grasp the concept of the song but you know (laughs) yeah but uh yeah it's not a bad song it's just uh it's just promoting bad habits and that's it and there's something we don't think (laughs) okay okay All right, third question here. What's something people would be surprised to know about you? This is something that you're not going to find on your LinkedIn profile, Martinez. Uh, this is the good one. Uh, I always tend to open this question or this type of question with I, I hold the wall Guinness record. Um, about what? <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking, Eric. <laughs> like, this is why I open with that. I'm absolutely like bullshitting. Like, no, I don't. I don't own any world records. Okay, uh, tell me more. Yeah. If I do, that would be on. <laughs> if, if I if I would, this would be on my LinkedIn <laughs> profile, right? Uh, no, there's a couple of things. One, uh, I used to box like professionally really? back in the day. Uh, yeah, like I, 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 I won a few championships. Uh, you know, I, I actually used to box uh, fit well. Wow. Um, what, what weight division? Back in the day, not doing what, that what now. What weight division? Uh, I'm under seventy kilos, so I used to be lean, mean machine. Uh, now I'm not. <laughs> now I'm just fat, <laughs> fat golf you... and coach potato dad. <laughs> you know, how did you get into it. the? How did you get into the sport? Who uh, encouraged you to take up the gloves? Uh, actually, my, my my trainer. Uh, back in the day, they used to come to the school, and and I got into boxing when I was like okay. thirteen years old. Uh, so it was very early. I this was my first encounter with uh, with sport of any sort of sport. So yeah. So after that, I you know I kind of like hit it off. I was tall. I was light. Um, I was. Quite uh, since I was I, I'm born I, I, I I'm born in December so compared to all the other kids I'm, okay. I'm older um, so yeah so it just made sense for me and it was just that I'm like a, a highway to to actually go so I, I went to championships and then unfortunately the doctor said if I want to see if I don't want to go blind I okay. should stop doing that and you know I stopped <laughs> basically I listened to doctors. What was your most nice memorable fight? Do you remember? I actually had to fight in in Lithuanian championship. I had to find my neighbor, my little neighbor, like <laughs> yeah. And I, I lost that fight uh, that day. I lost that fight, but I do remember the face of my neighbor when I like it was. I think the second or the third round, and and he was beating the crap out of me at that stage, uh, and I was like. You've got to be kidding me. And I actually said that out loud to him in the ring in the middle of the round. You've got to be kidding me. And I went ballistic to him. But why did you say that? Because you used to beat him beat him up when you guys were playing at home or, or... Yeah. Well, no, actually he was bigger uh in an old sense. He was older than me, he was bigger than me. But he he joined like <clears throat> T.S. after I did, and I always, like, in a practice, because we used to yeah, practice together as well, and I always had yeah. upper hand with him. And and that day, I don't know, he just, he was really good that day. <laughs> I don't know. He was just, just good. It was his day. And, yeah, wow. Um, and I do remember when he face dropped, his face yeah. dropped completely. 
And he's like, oh my God, what's going to happen now? And then there was a gong and, you know, and he, he won by point. But <laughs> I do remember that face. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, oh it's man, insane. it sounds like he really took you by surprise. And before you even knew it, it was like the fight was over and he had won. <laughs> Exactly. And and this this happens like one fight I won against 120 kilo yeah. beast. Like literally it was yeah. just a friendly match. Uh, I went out one punch from my hand, upper hand cut. That's it <laughs> on the floor. Done. Three seconds. Literally no shitting you, Eric. Three seconds took that oh, fight. Oh, man. One, one good hit okay. down on the ground. Was I it recorded? Do you have it on video uh, somewhere? No, unfortunately, no. It was, you know, back in the day, you know, it, we didn't have yeah. like good phone, uh, good phones that did yeah. record, and no one was recording because it was okay. just a friendly match. Are at, you still in touch with your, your neighbor? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes uh, we, we, we were actually really good friends, like really, really good friends. So it, it was unfortunate that due to the size and, and weight and yeah. years, we had to fight each other. But, you know, it, it's, it's just yeah. a sport. You know, we would fight and ring and we we drink beer yeah. afterwards. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it. We we, we really, okay, really okay. good mate. So we know something about your childhood. You know, you got into boxing. You had to fight your uh, your friend who was your neighbor. But what was what was uh, <laughs> what, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Did you think about, you know, when I get older, I want to be, um, you know, I, I, I assume maybe a professional boxer. Maybe that was an idea you were thinking about or was there another profession? no. Uh, not professional boxer. If I were ever about to become a boxer, I would be that sneaky son of a gun who would pay bouncers to beat up my competition so I can win easily. I, I would not. I would not fight my way through. Like no way. And jokes aside, I've never actually even imagined being a professional. Boxer. Okay. No, no way. It it was fine for me. I love sports. I love sports to this day, even though I get exercise very little nowadays. But you know, I, I've always learned to do psychology, but this was my passion. And I've done it. After I've got my degree in psychology, and after psychology, I got into sales and to, you know, into doing what I do well, now. Before you got into sales, you were, I, yeah. I, I read that you worked as a, a behavior therapist working with children, right? Right. How did that yeah, experience, exactly. you know, affect the trajectory of, of your life? I mean, did you realize that, okay, I don't want to continue doing this and I want to go into sales? What did you learn from that experience? <laughs> yeah, like right before it, Eric. Like uh, I've got into into psychology, thinking psychology is all about what TV tells us that psychology is, right? Uh, so that pop culture psychology is amazing, it's fine, it's sexy. And then I realized and I learned what is really a psychology. So I was fortunate enough to actually, I was doing like um, child development and child psychology, and I moved up to actually working mm -hmm. with the autistic kids. Um, I, I've spent two and a half years with, uh, working with the different uh, kids, with the different you know challenges. And I realized, like, this yeah. is not for me. Like, I don't want to do that for a living. Like, it it, it brings too much of a, of a negative emotion. You know, re rewards are tremendous. It, it's huge in terms of rewarding, how rewarding the job is. But at the same time, seeing those all those families who are struggling day to day, and and in some cases, or rare cases, but in some extreme cases, they struggle 24 seven. So with kids, like some kids have um, so-called shadow 24 seven, like people who would sleep with them, who would like shadow every single move, like 
all the time. And this was just too much for me. And um, so, you know, as I started working at Staples, uh, which is like, uh, you know, Staples. Yeah, it's a retail store. Yeah. I started selling paper. Exactly. So I started selling printers and papers and ink. This was my first encounter with with the sales. That role was just too much to carry. The burden just too much to carry. It's like you couldn't separate yourself from work versus home life. You just, you take it home with you and you realize that's, that's not going to be for you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I definitely understand, especially when you have a lot of empathy and you can relate to those people and it's not something that you probably want to do long-term, you know? Okay. Now, not long after this experience, you moved to London. You take on a role as a product owner for the Craft Channel. What was your favorite thing about that role? That was a startup. You know, uh, before that, I worked in Telefor like six years or so, or maybe a little bit less. But the fact is that it was a television startup, and that was just what my heart like. I want to do that. I want to join that those guys. I want to do this. Uh, and that was a journey. Like I. This was the first time in my life when I realized how much one person can impact it, like how much power it can have. Um, this person can have over the over the product, over the company, over the team, and over the uh, development, further like success of the company. And this was like a drug for me. So I was like, oh my god, this is cool. It was a rough, really difficult times, uh, <laughs> but rewarding as hell. Like, wow, um, the amount, the sheer amount of achievements we managed to, to get and the, the pace we were growing was insane. And I'm not lying. We were hiring people around every single month. It's every crazy. single month. It's crazy. And then, yeah, because I started when company, I joined the company when it was three mm-hmm. months old, right? So it was just, the, just begin- the beginning. I've worked there for nine months or so. I've started as a, 20 something person in the company in a nine months time i was 150 wow. or something like there was 150 people like like me my own me personally i was responsible for three planners so the planning department and 17 talents <laughs> so and that's just in like less than one year and we were growing like crazy like every month we would like uh, double our like yeah. revenue Literally every yeah, single that, month. That is a fantastic learning experience, you know, working in a startup and seeing that kind of kind of growth. Okay. Let's let's yeah, let's jump to attention insight where you took on the role as head of sales beginning in 2019. Okay. What surprised you most when you first took on this role? How much it differs from anything that I've been doing <laughs> to the point where I joined attention insight. Um, you know, it, it, I used to work with television sales and this is size business. This is completely yeah. different, right? Uh, new challenges, building a new type of team that is required to run sales, to run business development, um, dealing with, you know, with the, with board members, with investors, as well as, you know, as, 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 you know, management, management. um, and your fellow colleagues, colleagues, kind of and like, then, uh, kind of like, being, being there, there for, for guys, guys who actually, actually like, like you oversee. So it, it's it it was different how how much uh, different uh, the environment itself is. So yeah, so I I couldn't like pinpoint one thing that it was like so different. It, it just uh, 
the way the business is being conducted is very different because back in the day, like the craft channel, it was B2C. Uh, with TV sales, it was, you know, it was all about blue chip clients, the whales. You're hunting for a whale, right? You're trying to get your mobile dick in, you know, you reel in a couple of millions, you set, you know, you look for another one. Here, you kind of, you you shoveling, you <laughs> grinding, you working your ass, you know, you're working every single day and you're working, you're like a mouse in, 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 yeah. in that wheel, you know, you're spinning that wheel as fast as you can with as many mouses as you can and you're just doing that. And, you know, that brings money, that brings the resources needed to progress further, to develop the product. And then pro- product team works with you. They see your struggles and they ask you and you tell them what to do in order to make it better, to make it, you know, to, to make it go smooth, <laughs> yeah, more yeah. smoothly. But what if- um, so yeah, it's it, yeah. it's a different challenge. One of the cool features that I like about your product is is the focus map, and this allows this allows uh, this shows you the distribution of attention in black and white settings, so you can see which elements of of the page uh, people notice within the first five seconds. I think that's very very cool. When customers first learn about attention insight, what is the most popular feature or benefit that they get really excited about? Um, um, it would be yeah. focus map, uh, and sorry, sorry, focus map would be the second one because that's a fairly new feature. Everyone is yeah. really hyped up about focus because, map because people who have no idea what is attention heat map, map, what is heat map in general, they, they can read and that focus map. Before that, we didn't have a focus map, but we had a theme as we still do, a clarity score. And the clarity score, again, it speaks to people very, very easily. So it gives you understanding of how clean and clear design is, if people can consume it very easily or not. And then obviously going to, to the focus map, this is the second best feature that people are using when using okay. Attention Insight. And the best part of those two features is whether you're creating a product like a website, a landing page, uh, a sub-page on your, on your web, right? Or whether you're creating a a, pro, a new product, right? You're trying to get new product there, out there it, on the shelf, you know, offline something like a packaging yeah. for for a juice, like yeah. Tropicana case, right? You know, Tropicana case. They they spent thirty million in rebranding, and they lost twenty million in first place oh, in wow. the first month. So fifty million down the drain. Company went bankrupt. Who did the redesign for that? A couple, couple of hundred people, people bought bought sat sat due, due to that. To that. And checking with our tool, we can clearly see that the branding is more than 10 times lower on a new packaging compared yeah. to the old packaging. Focus map would easily show you that, you know, on the shelves when people are looking and what they're seeing is not the branding, it's just generic, uh, generic, yeah, like whichever. So, so yeah, so in, in a way, like using our technology, using our, using tool, our tool. This could have yeah. been prevented. We we talk and and we kind of joke, but around in, in the company. But it is true. Like if they would like if they would have used our system, and we can mock up like so much more than just that. We can mock up the actual shelf. We can mock up mock up the yeah. user journey. So saying that, saying yeah. that, and we cost and we yeah. hundred yeah. hundred, yeah. not millions, and it takes like twenty seconds to yeah. do that. Now I think it's so powerful. Could have saved. Yeah, I think it's so powerful because it shows exactly. what consumers are missing that you think is obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that. Um, so from a sales perspective, what are some of the best selling techniques or strategies that you and your team have implemented uh, for acquiring new customers? That's a good question. So we've tried quite, quite a few ways of selling. And at this point, it's all about personal personalization and personal touches, right? So we do a lot of outreach. We do a lot of affiliate works. Um, the, the marketing department does a lot of affiliate work and a lot of paid, uh, paid searches. Um, we, as like my team, we do outreach. We do ABS outreach. We'll do, we do LBS outreach. We do hyper-personalization, we use videos, we use GIFs. So we, we do a full array of uh, many of touch points, the sequences, to outreach uh, confidence. We don't do that blindly, we follow rules, we okay. follow patterns. We know our ideal customer profile and we outreach those people, those agencies, those FMCG companies. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> I cannot say like what have worked the best or not, because we, we kind of, we would try to do multi, omni-channel, yep. multi-touch sequences. And okay. How many customers do you guys currently have? And, and what is the projected revenue for 2021? So at the end of the day, uh, this year, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I can't, I can't tell you the projected revenue, what, what we, what we expect to, to have at the end of this year, but I can tell you that we have over 12,000 users at the moment, companies that, companies, solopreneurs that okay. they use it. What do you, what do you think is the most crucial trait that someone needs to possess in being in a sales role, Martinez? I think eager to earn. Like for me, a person, if, if, if someone would come to me uh, when I hire salespeople and when I ask them what is important for you to, you know, in, in your life. And if, if, I, if I don't hear like they, they work for money or they want to work and, and, and earn something, for me that just, just gives like the, you know, their motivations are somewhere else. And, and for me, sales must be focused on, like earning gains. Like if they see you, they want to talk to people like, so I want you to listen and I want you to find that the pain, pain point, push on it and then make, make them, make them feel the pain and make them sell, like sell the antidote to that pain. You know? So I, I don't know. It, the, the trade is, I guess, the, the fire from within, the, the eager to be yeah. the best. Okay. Can you share your top recommendations, uh, you know, for books or maybe even podcasts or even something else for people that are aspiring to learn uh, to be a better salesperson? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like even before I, I recommend one book, I have one book that I recommend to every single person, whether they want to be a better salespeople, whether they want to negotiate with the kids better. Like, I believe this book should be read by pretty, pretty much anyone, anyone in the world. And everyone in the world. Um, I'm going to hold on this one. <laughs> just thinking about, like, previous question, I just want to kind of say, like, what is the what is the one good quality? I have, like, a few friends who are really good um, salespeople, and I don't know how that quality right, works and, like, and how to say that in a word. In, like, but, yeah. but I always look for people who would who would turn no into yes. Like I have a friend who joined the company. Unfortunately, I don't have her in my, my, my team. 
<laughs> but one day I will. Um, so basically, when when I was working with her back in the day, um, I remember this case to, to, to this day, and I tell about her all the time, all, only the fond and good 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 remarks about her. She went to the client, right? first time seeing client. Uh, she took over the, the, the client from, from her, her previous, previous colleague. And she already was told, like, this is a, a difficult one, right? Um, so she went out there, and, she, and and I'm not lying. I'm sorry if I can't swear here. You, you can beat me. But the client goes, he sees her, right? She goes, like, hi, I'm Ugnet. I'm nice to meet you. And I'm not shitting you. He sees her, and, she, and he goes, like, go and fuck yourself. The first word that he says yeah, to her, go and fuck yourself. yourself. And she was like, okay, well, hi to you too. Two months after, they, they, they going to the ball games together and he's buying and he's one of the lowest, low, um, the, one of the low, lowest, low, low, loyal, one of the most loyal clients of her and, and one of the big, biggest spenders yeah. of hers. Like she managed to turn that guy from going fuck yourself in two months into like I don't want to leave and I will be with you as long as wow. you with this company. That, that is amazing. So I'm, I'm, you know that's amazing because I'm, I'm not sure who would, who would hear that would react in a different way. You know, maybe they would just react by not even responding and and just excusing themselves from the meeting and just saying I'm never gonna you know I don't want I don't want to have anything to do with this person right. Um, because it's just, it's just very disrespectful, right? You know, 99% of people would have a different reaction. And then there's somebody like her who knows, who, who says, okay, I'm going to turn this person around and, you know, be, forget being a customer. I got to get this person to like me first, right? You know, exactly. I don't know what her techniques were, or what she did, but for two months later, for them being a loyal customer and they're now hanging out, going to ballparks, that, that's just amazing. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. So, so uh, in addition to your book, your book recommendation, <laughs> maybe D, what are what is her book recommendation as well? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. She she's just she's just born. Uh, she won one of those people like uh, Wall Street Wolf. You know, uh, when when I was talking with him, uh, um, but basically when I was speaking with the guy. Um, you know he what he said really struck me like he said the most difficult part in getting is is their mindset right it's how to bring them to the point where they want to earn more because if you take someone who's all all their life if they earn like uh 20 30k a year right and they see their their parents earning pretty much the same lower or higher you know but within like that medium to low class income right um then they would say okay if i earn 50 that that's fine if i earn 100k that you know that that's really good like i can afford myself stuff and what i've learned that in order to motivate those people we actually have we have to show them what's out there if you earn a million What's out there if you earn 10 million? What means, what actually means to have wealth instead of just to have some cash in your in your account? And and I guess this is where the, the change the change happens once you once you show them, once once you set their mindset to, to actually achieving. And not all yeah. people have that. There are a few people. Well, some people, but not a lot all of people, them. many people just don't believe that they can't they can get it. 
that they can acquire it. And if they can't believe exactly. that, they're, they're never going to even try to do anything for that. Now, if you, that changing mindset is, is so, it's so hard. It's so critical, especially if you come from a background where, you know, the means to getting there was never passed on to you, right? You never saw it firsthand, you know? And so you can't even relate to that, right? So that person to have that mindset that they can believe they've got to have just a really good, strong ambition. They got to have the motiva motivation, the desire, the work ethic. But like you said, they just got to have that mindset. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because most people do not get it. They don't have it. Um, I think it really starts with what you're feeding into your brain. And uh, if they're not feeding into their brain uh, consistent material, whether that's reading biographies of great people, uh, you know, something like that, or learning from other people, constantly, you know, feeding their brain to want to to to, to want to get that desire to have more, then I, I just don't think that mindset's ever going to change in, in in those people. So, so last, I mean, let's go back to the final question here. What was that book? Do you remember the name the of the book? book that you recommend for people who are aspiring? You, know, you said not just to be a better salesperson, but just to have a better life in general. What was that book? And uh, yeah, I, I would not leave without telling, without spreading the word. It's uh, written by Chris Ross, uh, Ross okay. Chris, Christopher Ross. Never split the difference. Never what? Never split okay. the difference. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna order that book now because <laughs> I, I first of all, I've never heard of it, and uh, I'm just fascinated by our conversation. So I got to check this one out. It's it's absolute gold. It's written in a way that it's actually interesting to read. Like, like it reads like, like a novel, and it actually gives you techniques how to deal and negotiate and how to get what you want in the everyday situation, like in the daily situation. So yeah, so it, it, it's awesome, very, awesome. very Martinez, thank you so much for being on the show. For everybody else, we will be back next week. Feel free to check us out at innovatorscanlaugh.com. All right, goodbye, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you could give us a review and star rating. Also, don't forget to sign up for the ICO newsletter at innovatorscanlaugh.com where you can get the bio and details of each guest. Thanks.